Hello again, everybody. This is Christian Massar with another episode of the podcast. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be starting a little new mini-series about the psychology of faith. So in this particular episode, we'll be talking about psychology of faith or just faith. And we'll be talking about that. But in the next little bit, uh, and then over the next week or so, I want to release some more episodes about uh, faith and the intellect responses to revelation, and also talk a little bit about what a definition of faith might be. So this is talking about faith and psychology from a little bit of a religious perspective, but also in a way how can psychology and faith go together perhaps, or at least the perspectives on it. And in this particular episode, again, it's entitled Psychology of Faith or Just Faith. So here, what we want to look at, we want to look at the question of whether it is possible or not to study faith or religion through the lens of psychology. Or is religion just a province of theologians and philosophers? And I believe the preamble should be, uh, my little preamble should be said here that, that I'm not a psychologist, but this was a project that I worked on actually for uh, for a class I was taking a few years ago and I was revisiting these uh, this pro these these projects I was working on and thought they would be some good uh, good podcast episodes and of course it, this is a history podcast so we'll but I will be looking at some uh, ideas from historical figures for example what we'll be looking at today is some of the views of the 13th century Catholic theologian Thomas Aquinas but I'll also be looking at the ideas of some scholars, such as the Cambridge scholar Fraser Watts and psychologists David W. Wolfe and W. W. Meissner. And from these sources, we can, we can see that while psychology can offer insight into religious practice, it can't tell the whole story of what it means to actually have religious faith. Theology and philosophy need to are needed to fill in the blanks that a uh, quote, psychology of faith would would leave behind. So what would Thomas Aquinas say about the psychology of faith? His Summa Theologica can give us the answer. In this work, he does not explicitly mention psychology. Uh, however, he does address the idea of philosophical science, which he says is quote, built up by human reason. And you can see this at the very, very beginning of his Summa Theologica in the first part. And since psychology is a human science that claims no divine nature, for the purposes of this study, we can think of psychology as one of these philosophical sciences. Aquinas asks if, quote, whether, besides philosophy, any further doctrine is required. So what he's saying is that if we have philosophy, do we need anything else? In response to his own question, Aquinas quotes the Bible with 2 Timothy 3.16. Quote, All scripture inspired of God is profitable to teach, to reprove, to correct, to instruct in justice. Human reason, says Aquinas, cannot grasp some truths such as those necessary for humanity's salvation, and only divine revelation can reveal those truths. Thus, philosophical science, or perhaps psychology, is not enough to attain salvation. 
even though Aquinas does acknowledge its value. And he says this as well. Besides philosophical science built by reason, there should be a sacred science learned through revelation. So he has answered his question. We, if we do have philosophy, we do need another doctrine. We do need another doctrine. Thus, without a theological context, psychology and other human sciences based on human reason cannot fully account for religious ideas. Religion is, quote, chiefly concerned with God, and it is ultimately a metaphysical concept. Psychology, Aquinas would argue, is a practical science, while religious doctrine is a speculative science. These areas of study look at completely different aspects of life. But are psychology and other, quote, practical sciences useless or harmful to the study of faith? Aquinas says no. While revelation is from above, and thus cannot err like human reason can, Aquinas believes that earthly metaphors, or quote, sensible objects, or corporeal things, can indeed teach spiritual lessons. He even says that revelation, or theology, a speculative science, is also a practical science, in fact, because some earthly studies will lead people to the, quote, perfect knowledge of God, end quote. Thus, revelation transcends the other sciences. It's reasonable to believe that Aquinas would consider psychology one of these sciences. After all, psychology analyzes the workings of the human mind, which Aquinas would consider part of God's creation. A psychologist might even eventually see the great complexity of the mind and thus get a sense of the divine which created it. As Aquinas says in Part 2 of the Summa Theologica, the divine can use worldly things to help humanity find God. And this, this is a very useful side note here that refers directly to Christian scripture and where it is written in Romans 1, Romans chapter 1, that God's existence is evident in his creation. Thus, those who believe are said to be without excuse. Dear listeners, Thank you so much for listening to the Historical Thoughts and Interpretations podcast, and I hope that you've been enjoying the thoughts given within. But I would like to ask if you would consider making a pledge to the podcast on Patreon. I have many projects in mind for this show, and the books, paper, and so on needed to produce the episodes will not be free. Help keep historical thoughts flowing so that we can interpret the past and learn from it. You may pledge any amount that you like, and whatever you choose to give will be appreciated. Thanks a lot. Now, moving to more modern times, we can look at the words of Fraser Watts, who is a lecturer in theology and natural science at the University of Cambridge. He also noted the relationship between theology and secular sciences. He has noted that, he notes here that over the years, creationism and evolution in, in some religious circles have intersected to the point that the latter, evolution, has been perceived as a possible tool that God used to build his creation. Yet the relationship between psychology and religion has not always been so cooperative. For one, believers have criticized psychology for focusing too much on the individual's mental development, the individual's mental development, and for missing religion's social element. Secondly, Watts says this, quote, Others have insisted that Christian love 
can only be characterized adequately in more specifically theological terms, end quote. As stated before, the practical science of psychology is very different from the subjective science of theology. There has indeed been reason for believers to be suspicious of psychology. Some psychologists, such as James Henry Luba, believed that religious experience was simply a psychological process. He even advocated the modification of religious activities to, quote, help humanity realize its ideals, end quote, while science would lead the way to society's betterment. Luba's ideas would be blasphemous in the eyes of many, trying to reduce God, faith, and salvation down to a mere scientific concept that could be changed to suit perceived social needs. Yet, despite these difficulties in the relationship between theology and psychology, Watts believes that cooperation and, quote, mutual influence between the two disciplines is possible. This would spark debates about which field would dominate the conversation. But they both offer insight into human development and existence, so Watts would find it a great shame to ignore the possibility of cooperation between psychology and theology. So the question must be asked, what does psychology have to offer religious study? Firstly, because religion is a, quote, human response to a revelation, W.W. Meissner argues that religion inherently has a psychological element. Secondly, religion affects every part of the human psyche, creating a goldmine of psychological study areas. Religious psychologists can study anything affecting a believer's mind, his emotions, motivations, fears, regrets, and joys. And religion also has a profound impact on personal and social senses of identity. You're going a little bit into the idea, uh, the realm of sociology there, but there's also a huge element of religion uh, and its impact on a person, uh, on a person's individual identity and sense of belonging. Thirdly, religion is based on a trusting relationship with God or some other higher being. Faith requires a lot of trust because it is quote absurd to believe in something or someone that cannot be directly seen or observed through science or observation. Meissner says that trust is developed in childhood. Because of this, religion is a continuation of basic, quote, infantile needs that persist throughout a person's life. And while looking at this, we can remember Jesus' words in the Bible. We can look at Matthew 10, 14. Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. In conclusion, I think that psychologists can study religion. Religion is very important to human culture and mentality, both among societies and among individuals. Carl Jung believed that religious symbols, archetypes, such as Jesus Christ, the Messiah figure, were embedded in everyone's subconscious, waiting to be awoken over time in the individual's conscious mind. Because of faith's importance to both society and individuals, psychologists would be right to study it. Yet, in agreement with Thomas Aquinas, human science can only explain a small part of faith. Religion's metaphysical nature demands that a spiritual science, theology and the study of scripture, explains its deepest and most important truths.
Well, that's it for today's episode. Just a a short little tidbit there, and I uh, I know that this is a historian's thoughts on the psychology of, of faith, and I'm neither a theolog- theologian or a psychologist, but uh, I believe that this was a very interesting question, this meshing of psychology and religion, and, and seeing where they could cooperate, and and where they may be in opposition. This is a very common question in in the religious world, uh, or, or certainly maybe uh, certainly with with psychology as we've seen a little bit of. But but certainly I think more off more so is the relationship between science and religion, where you'll have some scientists say that religion is not compatible at all with science, but you have many religious scholars and theologians that also believe that science in fact proves their religious beliefs. So, and looking to, for example, Romans 1, the idea that God has created the world and created the universe, and science can help prove that the existence of God and the fact that God created um, the, the universe. So, like I said, this is the first part of a little mini-series, and so the next episode in this, um, we'll be talking a little bit about faith and the intellect. And I would like to say thank you for listening, And have a great one, and stay safe and healthy, and always keep learning. All right, have a great one. Bye-bye.